about by our parents before you created the world. You planned us. <laughs> ah. Thank you for your spirit in us. Thank you for your truth. Thank you for your deep, deep love and affection for us. And we choose to rejoice. Wow. <laughs> we choose to rejoice. Wow. <laughs> wow, we choose to rejoice. Wow. <laughs> wow. Thank you. <laughs> so today, wow, I meant to be talking to you about having a renewed mind. I felt Holy Spirit very clearly tell me that you, that we need to hear it. We need to hear it again, no matter how many times we've heard it. And there's some of you that actually it will be the first time you've really gotten to grips with what this means. Wow, and so Holy Spirit, I want to just invite you to speak straight into our spirits this morning and to also speak to our minds. We want to be lined up with your truth, not with what we feel or what our past has shown us, but with what you see. And what you have in store, which is nothing but great, wonderful, amazing, incredible things. Yeah, Holy Spirit, come and rearrange us on the inside. Rewire our thinking. Yeah, thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you. Wow. The reason I'm talking about this today is because, because this is my story and my journey of actually, how do you line up with the truth of who you are? And someone said to me, we were um, away as a um, supernatural school, we were away over the weekend, and one of the students said to me, you know, you're a person of so much faith. Like, just being around you, I get filled with faith. Like, how have you, like, how have you done that? And I was like, well, actually, because I've lined up with who I am. And so faith is something I choose. 
Um, it's not because I am any better than anyone else, but I have made some intentional decisions and choices in my life, um, which you'll hear about. And so, over the past few weeks, Andy has been teaching. Oh, I'm so out of breath, like I'm totally. Ah. Over the past few weeks, Andy has been speaking to us about obedience and inconvenience and power. And actually, one of the key components of that is actually having a renewed mind because we cannot line up with the truth of who we are without our head being set straight and full of truth and not lies, which means actually we're limited about how we receive because actually, I'll come to that, but actually how we what's in our head affects the way that we're able to even receive from God if we're not, if we don't believe who he is, we don't believe who we are, can we even approach the throne boldly? What do we think about him and ourselves and do we want to? And all of that goes on in here. And so for Jesus, actually, when he was on the cross, he, Golgotha, which was the place of the skull, that was where Jesus' biggest battle took place and it is the same thing for us. Actually, the biggest battle that we face is in our minds because um, the enemy always attacks what goes on in here. He fills our heads with lies, tells us that we're not who we actually are, and makes us waver, actually, on the goodness of God and doubt uh, who um, God says that we are, which is exactly what he did in the Garden of Eden. You know, did God really say is what he said to Eve? And, and so, actually, it's so, so important um, that we line up with the truth. Bill Johnson, this quote I love and I say often, is that I cannot afford to have a thought in my head that he doesn't have in his about me. And then 2 Corinthians 10, 4 to 5 says, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power, divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take thought take captive every thought to make it obedience to, obedient to Christ. And actually, just in the way that like in a battle, like, you know, enemy soldiers get captured and they have to submit to the winning superior army. Actually, that is what happens with us. We have these rebel thoughts uh, in our heads, which are contrary to like the word of God and contrary to what he says about us. And we need to capture them and make them submit to the obedience of Christ. So the battle in our mind is really one of truth and of lies. I love this in the message. I think I've got it up here. We use our powerful God tools for smashing warped philosophies, tearing down barriers erected against the truth of God, fitting every loose thought and emotion and impulse into the structure of life shaped by Christ. The question is this, are we, are we willing to let Christ have our minds? We're all like very good, yeah, you know, oh, I'll give you my heart, Jesus, give you my heart. Will we give him our mind? And um, so the biggest, like the biggest stronghold in, in like, you know, it's not like some huge big demon or any of that. The biggest stronghold stopping the purposes of God on this earth is actually what goes on between the mind of believers. Um, actually, our belief system is so important, actually. And we need like, intentionally changing how we think is our highest level of spiritual warfare is actually what goes on in here, because that is everything that starts here and happens here, that is what is our head that's going to be like, no, no, don't go and pray for that person. And my spirit's like, Holy Spirit in me is like, do it, they're going to be healed. And my head's like, I don't want to, I'm scared. And the battle is always in here. Um, and so I'm someone, my inner playlist in my head, what I used to believe, what the disc that was spinning in my head was full of lies. I um, believed that I was 
fat and ugly. My common phrase uh, growing up was, I can't, I can't do that, I can't do that, I can't do that. So as a child, um, on my report card, it always said, Jan lacks self-confidence, or just Jan lacks confidence. Um, and I had uh, anxiety problems as a child, because I used to, I'm actually very strategic, but what would happen was I would, um, I could see through all of the scenarios, but particularly all the bad ones. And then my life was just filled with all of the disastrous consequences that could happen. And so I basically suffered like months of a sore stomach as a child. And then later into my teens would be so stressed out and filled with all the negative potential scenarios that could happen that as if anyone asked me to do something I didn't want to do, or I ended up in a situation I didn't want to be in, I would be so stressed out that I would go and physically throw up. And that would be my get out of jail free card. I, I have to go home now, I'm sorry I threw up. Um, but basically, I just was not living at all lined up with who I was, and was just completely like controlled actually by what was going on in my head. And then in my 20s, I the other lie that was in my head is that I always <laughs> believed that, so funny, <laughs> that I needed a man um, uh, to complete me. And uh, so that meant that I basically got in a few unhelpful relationships with uh, men who were not Jesus loving. And really just my entire head was, I just believed what they thought and said about me, not what God thought. And so there came a point in my life where I was like, actually, I need to go on a journey of trying to figure out like what... Ah, what I believe um, about who I am and is what I'm believing true. And <laughs> that was a, quite a long, slow process. But basically what I had to do was just actually learn to speak out. I used to speak out like Bible verses and I did some like freedom in Christ ministry stuff and just actually took to speaking God's word and, and taking thought every captive. So I used... Um, Philippians 4, 8, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent and praiseworthy, think, think about such things. So every time a thought would come in my head, I would be like, is this lovely? Is it pure? And if it wasn't any of those things, it was like, well, I'm not going to have that thought. It's, gonna, it's not going to get in my head. It's stopping. That was exhausting. Every single thought that came to my head, I was like, is this true? Is it noble? Is this right? And I, kept, I weighed up every thought that came. And basically, because I, I wouldn't trust any of them. I wasn't sure what was right and what wasn't right. And I needed to establish truth in my own head. And so I really just set about winning the battle in my mind. It was slow. It was quite exhausting. But I knew that I needed to get rid of like stinking thinking. Anything that was contrary to what God thought of me and what the Bible said could not be in my head. Um, and so I started to um, make declarations, which I'll speak to you about in a moment later. But where I am at now is that my head is just a place of peace. I don't have thoughts that come harassing my head about how I can do this and I'm terrible at that or this is like, all these negative things are just not present. And anytime, any, if there was like one that would try and like appear, it's like, oh, <laughs> that's not even true. And I just laugh at it or it doesn't even happen because it's, it's almost like when you have like a... Uh, what do you call it, on your computer, like a virus detection thing, it just goes straight into the quarantine box and I didn't even know that a threat was detected because it's actually, I've just worked so hard to line up with what God said and actually give him something to work with. 
so important. And in Genesis 3, Adam and Eve, we know the story, they had sinned and then they sewed um, fig leaves together and they hid from God. And um, really just they were in a place of shame. And when the Father God comes looking for them, he doesn't say, you know, how dare you eat from that tree? How, tree, how dare you betray me? Actually, what he says um, to them, his primary concern is that they listened to a voice other than the voice of God. And he said to them this, who told you you were naked? He was interested in what they were believing and who had spoken that to them. And so actually Adam had heard another identity than the one that God had given him and that was God's main concern. So, so I would just like have, like we have a thought in your head, like who told you that? Who told you that? Um, and at the baptism of Jesus, we know it well, it says, you know, the father spoke and said, this is my son whom I love um, and him I'm well pleased. And then into the desert Jesus goes, the first thing that Satan tries to do is to attack what the father had just said about him. If you are the son of God, well, eh, hang on a minute, he just heard that he was and he knew that he was. And that is what Satan always does, tries to undermine our identity and who we are, what God has spoken. Particularly, you have a prophetic word, the opposite will come, oh, you can't do that. So what I do if like any thoughts, and I say this to people, anytime you have like a thing of like, oh, I can't do that, it's like, oh, it's the opposite. Of course you can. Actually, the enemy just doesn't want you to. So he's trying to tell you that you absolutely cannot speak to those people ever because they wouldn't listen to you. What that really means is you definitely need to speak to them because actually God's going to use you and these people's lives are going to be changed. You know, So I always turn it the other way. If there's something comes that's a lie, and like that to people, yeah, just change it around. It's the opposite that's true. Um, and so just um, what we're going to do now is just a small activation. Because uh, I want you guys to join in and not sit, uh, you know, just get involved. So um, it's so important. Like, so Jesus, for, the, for him, the father was his, um, the source of his identity and everything that he actually believed about himself. And that is the same for us. We need to hear what God is saying. And so what I want you to do, I want you to just ask Father God, who do you say I am? And I want you to write it down on your device or in your, uh, on a bit of paper. And I want you to turn that into an I am statement. So for example, if like the father was to say to me, you're my precious daughter and I love you, that becomes I am Father God's precious daughter and he loves me. Something that you, something that he, um, who he says you are that you can then speak out loud about yourself. And so just a few questions really to think about. Are my beliefs built on God's truth? What I feel or on my past experiences? And there are things that I had to really wrestle with when I was rewiring my, re renewing my thinking. And then Father God, how can I, <clears throat> this is for you, I'll put this up on the Facebook page or you can take a photograph of it at the end. But Father God, how can I better line up with the truth of who you say I am. So he's just revealed something to you, but how can you actually better line up with that truth? Because sometimes it's hard for us to actually really let it sink in. And then are you willing to regularly ask yourself and ask the Holy Spirit, who told, who told me that? So Andy, as I said, was, he's been speaking on obedience and actually part of obedience is really, you know, we believe that scripture is the inspired word of God. And and Paul writes to the Romans, um, and so in Romans 12, 2, it's, it's really, this is not a suggestion. It's actually, it's an instruction or a command, if you will, which says this, do not be conformed to, the, to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. 
And the same word, uh, the word used here uh, is the word metamorpho in the Greek, which was the same word that's used when Jesus gets transfigured. So meta meaning change and morpho meaning form. So the, the verb really meaning to change from one form into another. It's the, where we get our, our, our word metamorphosis from and really can also mean to change um, the inside to match the outside. And so really a renewed mind for us is having a mind that is actually lined up with God's thinking um, and reflects the reality of heaven in the same way that Jesus' body shone when he was on the Mount of Transfiguration. So that we have this glorious thinking, actually, that is displaying who he is. Um, and actually, our job on earth is to prove what the will of God is. Now, what's the will of God? That actually heaven we would have on earth as it is in heaven. And actually to prove something is to demonstrate the truth by evidence. So actually us demonstrating the truth by evidence is that we get to heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons and let the world encounter and experience a good God who loves them. But actually the difficulty is that, as I was saying, like we have a mindset where actually we, our minds can stop actually God fulfilling what he wants to in us because we're just resistant to him or we're not lining up with what he said or we won't believe him and actually transforming our mind is both um, participatory and revelatory what I mean by that is that actually we have a responsibility to participate in actually this verse that we need to be transformed by the renewing of my, our minds that means that we need to join in with what that looks like we can't just sit back and be like transform my mind Lord now yes he will do that when we experience him but actually we need to not just let any old thought come assault in our heads and so many people I meet who are Christians have all of these thoughts in their head and it's like who told you that like like are, why are you not working to not let that thought because we can take a thought and we all the way our heads work is we take it and it spirals down and down it goes and we can develop that thought and have our imagination blow it right out of proportion and how do we feel at the end usually pretty rubbish and it's like why waste our time and our headspace on that stuff when actually we could be like eh, no you're being submitted to the obedience of Christ and the truth is this ah ah and then we actually focus on the truth of who God says we are not on this lie that is in our heads we just know I don't give it airspace and so actually and revelatory because there needs to be an openness for us actually that in encountering God actually that we are open to let him do in us what he wants to do that actually it's yes you know Lord have my heart but actually have my mind like if there is you know whenever in worship or someone's praying for you actually like Holy Spirit you have permission Jesus you have permission Father you have permission to do in my mind whatever you want you have permission to do in my heart whatever you want that we don't just like box off parts of us and give him access to bits but he actually he wants the whole of us every part our body our mind our emotions our memories our heart our affections our hands our feet our mouth um do i really want to look like i'm being electrocuted at the front um and bring a tongue not particularly enjoyable for me i have to say because it's quite overwhelming when the power of God moves on your body. But I am, want to be obedient. I don't care what anyone here thinks about me because I know what he thinks. And that is my, that is my highest priority. And that is where I go to. I, everyone in this room could tell me, and hopefully you wouldn't, but everyone in this room could tell me that they hated me 
And that, yes, it would be sad, but would that affect who I am or how he feels about me? No. I would still line up with the truth of, of what he says. Because uh, actually, I'm not responsible for how you feel about me. I'm responsible for how he, well, he's responsible for me and me and him. I'm going to love all of you. You can hate me as much as you like. And so actually, um, the thing about Jesus is that he, so he modeled intimacy with the Father, which is so key. We'll talk about that some other time. Um, but actually, he also, um, you know, so he took out time out to hear from the, his father, but actually he himself spoke words over him, his life. So the prime one, Luke 4.18, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then hilariously, I love this. He says to them, today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Now he hadn't done any of those things yet, which I think is really funny because actually what he's modeling and showing us right here is that actually declare a thing and it will be established, that he was lining up with the truth of who God said he was before he had experienced it. And that is what we need to do. Jesus does it over and over in scripture. And I think that he you know, he was a human, same as us. And yes, he was having times where he hung out with the Father, but I believe, you can believe what you like to believe, I believe that Jesus needed to remind himself who he was. And actually in doing, you know, he was teaching, obviously his disciples, but actually he was proclaiming who he was aloud for himself, as well as to those who were listening to him. So he says it so many times, I am this, I am that, I am, I am, I am. I am from above. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. I am the gate for the sheep. I am the light of the world. On and on. Have a look through scripture, you'll find them. I am in the Father, the Father is in me. And actually Jesus, he um, reminded himself who he was. I think he needed to as well edify and encourage himself. Like that was, that was encouraging for himself to be like, oh yeah, I'm the light of the world. Like that was encouraging, reminding himself who he was, lining up with the truth of what the Lord, Father had said and actually living yielded to this Holy Spirit with his mind surrendered to the Father that actually he it was intentional about the direction of the course of his life because he didn't let, you know, even when um, Peter said, oh, no, no, and he's like, you know, get back get behind me, Satan. He was not prepared to listen to voices that were contrary to the word of God. He was like, I'm not, I'm not having that, no chance. <laughs> and because he was very, he was like focused on his, on his truth. And so what we need to do now is I want you to um, ask Father God, what do you love about me? And I want you to write it down and turn it into a statement or a declaration. So for example, if the father said to me, which he has done a lot, I love your joy and how well you love people. That would become, Father God loves my joy and how well I love people. Something that I could say out loud. Because the truth is this, that actually we get saved by believing um, in Jesus, but we get free by believing like Jesus. Because the truth sets us free. That's what scripture tells us. So we get saved by believing in Jesus and we get free by believing like Jesus. And so one of the ways, one of the weapons that we can use um, to actually renew our minds um, is is well, I often laugh at lies, that's one. But the other one is what I was saying is declarations, actually speaking the truth, lining up with our identity about who God says we are and not who we think we are. There's a huge difference. Who I, who I think I am and who he thinks I am. And actually his identity is the superior one I need to line up with so that what I think eventually about myself is like what he thinks. Um, and so 
I'm just going to run through a few scriptures um, to um, actually just sort of highlight why this is really key and important um, to do. And so the thing about Colossians, so Colossians 1 tells us that actually we were um, once alienated and hostile in our mind um, to God. And actually that is because we were, our heads were full of lies. And actually let us not be ones who partner with the father of lies any longer. Let's partner with our dad in heaven um, with his truth. And so the first one is this, Proverbs 18, 21. It says, death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. Those who love what? Well, the revelation that our tongue is the power to release life. That means actually that we can be deliberate about speaking truth and life. And who better to do that over than ourselves? Um, and, then, and also that Jesus tells us that, that we will give an account um, on the day of judgment for the words that we speak, um, which is really important actually, because then what, what are we, we're gonna give an account for the words that we speak means actually I wanna be speaking really great things over myself and everyone else. Um, I wanna speak blessing and life um, to people so that the kingdom comes and not no curses or negative things. Ephesians 4.29 says this, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification that it may impart grace to the hearers. And actually what I love is that we are the one who hears ourselves talk the most. So we can just be like daily imparting grace to ourselves by the way that we speak over our, our, our own like lives. Um, so I, I, I refuse like to talk badly of myself. I just, I just don't do it. Um, because actually my dad is the creator of the universe. I'm his daughter. I am a princess, I'm royalty. I am the apple of his eye, I'm his treasure possession. And so why would I say anything other than that? Because then I'm partnering with the father of lies. Um, so ask yourself the question, what am I saying over myself? And is it what he says? Because if it's not, if it's a lie, you're a partner with the father of lies. Romans 12, 25, anxiety in the heart of man causes depression, but a good word makes it glad. <laughs> and so actually we can speak over ourselves and our emotions can change from worry to gladness with, with God's truth about who we are. Because as I said, those thoughts spiral and then you feel rubbish. You're not feeling glad, you're feeling stressed out, like you want to throw up or whatever scenario happens. And then Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so actually our faith can increase by speaking like truths about who God says we are. And so I declare lots of things over myself, including uh, the prophetic words that he's spoken over me. Um, and an example actually of someone who does this is, is uh, David um, with Goliath. He made declarations to change his beliefs, to overcome fear and to let faith rise up inside of them. So one for home, uh, 1 Samuel 17, 37, and then verses 46 to 47. Um, we've not got time to read it today. And then Job 22, 28, you will also declare a thing and it will be established for you so light will shine on your ways. I declare all sorts of great things over my life, over the business that I work in, over my friends, over my family, over the city, which is why we do declarations on a Sunday morning. We wanna speak, you know, blessing over our city and release life um, over it. And also the, uh, in James, scripture tells us that our tongue is likened uh, in James three to the um, rudder of a ship or to the bit in a horse's mouth. 
And actually, the, our, our tongues are like a directing agent in our life. Like, where do you want to go? Like, the rudder of a ship steers it in a direction. The bit in a horse's mouth guides it to where you want it to go. And actually, where do we want ourselves to be and to go? Because we need to speak ourselves there. It's not enough to sit back and wait for what God's called you to do to come to pass. What are you doing to participate in giving him something to work with and actually lining up with the truth of who you are? Actually, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be renewed, uh, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How are you actually doing that? What are you doing in your life to participate in what we've been asked to do? Another thing is this, that um, when we speak things over our lives, we actually will get pulled toward them. And so if I speak over my life, um, you know, wherever I go, healing breaks out. Then when I go places, healing's going to break out very differently than, you know, God's never going to use me because everyone else gets picked first or whatever the thing is that we see, like that actually we need to give God something to work with and we need to actually be intentional about what we speak. And even another silly example, like someone who says all the time, oh, I'm so tired, I'm so tired, they're not gonna end up with more energy, they're gonna feel more tired. But if you're like, oh, I'm really energetic, I'm just having a tired experience, which sounds ridiculous, but actually what we say is really important because we're gonna head that way. Um, other thing is that, um, I often say to people, you know, take that back. So classic one in my office, one of the guys often says, oh, I'm an idiot. I was like, eh, no, take that back. Sorry, that's not true. You're highly intelligent. You might think that your behavior was idiotic, but you are intelligent. You're not an idiot. And I make him take it back because, and he's just like, oh, I'll take it back, uh, which is quite funny. <laughs> but uh, the other thing about declarations and speaking truth is that they can unlock destinies. Um, so the angel said to Gideon, God is with you, mighty man of valor. And that was his springboard moment. And let's not forget that God spoke the world into being. Um, so I, I personally, I do declarations every day. They have completely transformed my life. Um, and I wouldn't uh, go by a day, a day without it. Um, because actually what I have done is, is speak his truth from his word and then the prophetic words he's given me, I've turned into declarations as though they are now words. Because I believe that actually prophecy is an invitation to active participation. And actually that I can um, like prophesy really in agreement with him over my own destiny and, and partner with him to see that come to pass and be released. Um, and, and so I declare it and agree with God uh, over what he said before it has become a reality in my life in the same way that Jesus did it um, when he said, today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Um, I, I line up with that. Um, and so what I'm going to do now, I'm just going to have Simon come and uh, speak to us very briefly because he has just a bit of a testimony and story to share. Right, um, timer on. There we go. Um, so uh, Jan's asked me to talk because um, a few years back um, I'd been in Hope for a good long time and I'd gone to different trips with Jan and Andy and a few other people. They kept on talking about declarations. I was like, yeah, right, whatever. Um, it's weird. It's new agey, look inside the mirror and tell yourself you're beautiful type of stuff. You know, this, I'm like, I'm not really digging this. Um, and um, I... Yeah, I, I was just, I wasn't very enthused. Um, but I was around people who were, and they were changing the worlds around them, and they were doing powerful things, and they were able to heal people, and they were constantly faith-filled, and 
just great stuff happening around them. And declarations did seem to be a reoccurring theme and common denominator bet uh, behind these people. So I was like, okay, I should probably, you know, maybe give this a shot. Um, I'm a sort of person who likes to try things. So I gave myself like a two, three month window. I was like, right, what I'll do for three months, I will do declarations every morning. Let's see what happens. Um, and just thought, okay, if nothing happens, then it really is just looking at yourself in the mirror and saying you're beautiful. Um, and I'll love the people who do it, and I'm glad that it works for them, but I'm not going to bother. Um, if it does, let, let's keep running with it. So um, I gave it a try for three months. Uh, a week into it, um, what I'd done is uh, Jan had a fun list of declarations. I was like, I'm giving this a try for three months. Can you send me the list? So I, I went through that. Um, and I also collated all of the different prophetic words that had been kind of spoken over me and things that God had said to me, and I turned them into I am statements and started with them in the morning. And one of them was, um, uh, I am a joy bringer in every single environment that I go, and I'm always able to see the fun in every situation. Um, I am uh, the moon that reflects the Son of God in the darkness. Uh, every morning, I would say this to myself. Um, and I'd stick it on my wall, uh, door and just um, so that the moment I'm walking out, I don't forget about it, but I'm getting out of bed, walk outside of my door, and then I see the declarations. I'm like, ha, oh, bother, I agreed to do this every morning, didn't I, for three months? So I read them, and then I move on. Um, and a week into it, three people at work come up to me and go like, Simon, man, you're the happiest and most joyful person I've ever seen. Now, I have been like uh, been communicated that I'm a cheerful chappy before, but since starting it, three people randomly in, uh, just came up to me by themselves. And the third person was like, what's your secret? <laughs> ah, um, well, uh, I, I'm a college lecturer, so um, there's a, a, a certain responsibility not to so. Uh, you uh, abuse that situation to talk about your religious convictions. So I can't necessarily just speak about it all the time. Um, but I was like, well, I can tell you, but it's got a religious slant to it if you really want to know. It's like, yeah, sure, I'm interested. Great, okay, well, next five minutes I'll tell you about my faith. Um, and um, I found that also over that three-month period, um, I was not subjugated to sort of Christian conference syndrome where, you know, you go to a conference and, yeah, um, hanging, uh, you hang out with Jesus, you have an amazing experience, and then you have a week of euphoria, and, you know, you feel like a new Christian again, and everything's amazing, um, and then by the second week, you're like, eh, yeah, okay, that was a nice little wee little moment, but through the declarations, I found that actually my enthusiasm, my passion, my, um, my love for God, my ability to love other people was sustained. Um, somehow, it Every morning I was reshaped and refocused back into that same space and into that same place um, that I was in um, whenever I had that sort of amazing experience with God. It, it just realigned me. And there was something about saying it out loud every morning um, that it, I, it kind of sh kicked my brain into shape and my mind into shape. Um, if I didn't say it out loud and just thought it... Um, it didn't have the same potency to it. Um, so considerably less fluctuations in my convictions. Um, and I also found it really, really helpful that um, 
I was starting to find that the percentage of words that I was saying was according to the priorities of my life. Um, it's really fun when all of a sudden, you know, the things that are most important to you are the things that you're talking the most about. Um, it can sometimes happen that you go through a season where you just spend like three, four, five weeks not ever saying anything that's actually remotely important to you. Um, and suddenly that made me connect with who I was a lot more. Um, I remembered myself a lot more. I was able to go like, oh, right, yeah, this is what actually brings me to life. This is what gives me life. Um, so it did a lot for me. Um, and I don't do it every morning now. Um, but uh, it is still on my door. Uh, so every single time I actually am awake enough, once I've opened up, um, the once I've got out of bed, I see it on my door and I'm like, ah, right, okay, let's just name a few. So uh, that one, that one, that one, that one, that one, that's fun. Okay, great, now let's have a shower. Um, so and again, whenever I do do it, I find it extraordinarily rewarding. Um, it affects how I'm able to love people, it affects how I interact with them. And it also transitions and changes atmospheres. It changes the cultures that I'm in. And it makes a difference. I've seen changes in my family. I've seen changes in my friends. I've seen changes in workplaces. Um, just because, and you can draw the trajectory, but I don't have the time to give you all the different examples, but you can start drawing it. So if you, like myself at the time, felt like, yeah, that's just like saying you're beautiful in the mirror, um, then can I encourage you to at least give a small window of time where you give it a shot? Um, try it for a week, two, three, maybe do the three months that I did as well, um, and see what happens. So it's, it's vital, actually, that we renew our minds with the truth of what God says um, about who we are, and actually that we live yielded in, in every area, not just our heart, but also our mind, Um because it actually helps us to live who we are. Like we are ones who are to go into all the world and to preach the gospel and heal the sick and cast out demons. But actually, as I was saying earlier, that if we, um, if we, our mind can get in the way of what that looks like, because if we don't believe um, who we are, who he is, then actually we're not gonna be able to do those things. And so I transform my mind daily. I stay open to being filled with the spirit over and over. Actually, I believe that his love casts out fear. And I, um, actually fear has been displaced from my life. I don't, um, I fully trust in God. I know that he loves me. And um, actually what I've realized and discovered is that as I've lined up with who I am and believed and declared who he is, that actually my openness to him to actually experience his power and his love and have that affect my life is greater than whenever I was believing lots of lies. And so there's, it is no, you know, that's not a coincidence. There's something about us lining up with who we are that actually opens up, us up to receive in a way that is just bigger, that we actually are, because we're, cause we, we're not fear-filled the way that we were before, when we actually start to agree with, oh yeah, this is who I am, this is who he is, this is what he loves about me, this is what he thinks, and actually it changes the way that we interact with him. And I just would give this um, one thought. Actually, when the, um, Jesus says to the disciples, you know, stay in the city until um, you're clothed with power from on high. Can you imagine, like, if their minds had got in the way um, of that? They might have been like, well, I'm tired. I'm not, I don't think Jesus meant me. 
I'm not really one of the 12. Um, I didn't really, I didn't actually hear him say that. So, um, you know, I'm not actually sure I believe it because I'm hearing it secondhand. Uh, actually, I want to go home. I don't want to wait in the city. And, and actually, you know, Pentecost could have been something completely different if they had not been like, oh, we're going to believe the truth. And actually, we need to believe the truth. We need to believe what he says about us and actually stop letting the enemy mess with our heads and partnering with lies because it's just like lying in the sand moment. And so I... Um, I just would give this one disclaimer that some, um, this works, it transforms your mind, but there can be some instances where if you have had an abusive or traumatic um, childhood, actually sometimes what I'm teaching for renewing your mind entirely is actually not all that you need and you might need to have um, some professional help. And so if you discover that, that um, when you're doing declarations, actually that maybe that's you, then we do have um, some signposting um, of resources that we could point you um, to. And so as we end today, I had um, an experience last Sunday which kind of messed with me. Um, and what I saw, and it was, I saw a week ahead of time in this room. And what I saw was the um, angel of our church had a purple um sash uh, around its waist and the angel of his presence which which is also in our church um, had a purple cape and then I started to notice that all of the angels around the room were wearing purple clothing in some way some had purple around their calf some around their wrist some around their helmet and Holy Spirit spoke to me and said um, purple is the sign of royalty and this is about a commissioning full stop he didn't say any more. Oh, no, sorry, that's not true. He said, this is not for this Sunday, it's for next week, which messed with my head because I was seeing something in this room which was a week early, which made me be like, well, what's actually happening in the room if this is ahead? So that was confusing. But I was speaking to Holy Spirit about it this week, and he said, actually, that um, the angels are dressed ready for what's going to happen to people in the room today. And that as I speak, what he said is this, that... that what inside of you, um, the truth is going to overtake you in the inside to line up with the reality of who you are and that you want to fight for it. And that actually, I believe that there, um, people are going to have seen that actually we're in a battle and that we've not to give the devil a foothold and that we've to be prepared to surrender our lives back to Jesus as our king. And so what we're going to do is uh, we're just going to do a... Um, declaration I'm just going to get you to stand to finish if you want to just stand up we're just going to do a declaration as we finish but what I felt God say to me was that I was to give all of you an opportunity to respond with a visible action and a commitment to yield to Jesus and choose to believe father's truth and not what the past has told you and so we're going to do a declaration and then we're going to just do a response and if I have spoken to you we were away as a school and we had a whole weekend where we've just had the truth of who we are taught and God speak to us. And so I've just asked our students uh, who were away to come and we're going to do um, some prayer at the front. So if you could come and get in position, please, that would be great. We're just going to do these declarations. Is that okay, Simon? Thanks. I am clothed with Christ. Everyone ready? Okay, start again. One, two, three. I am clothed with Christ. Therefore, I release his presence everywhere I go. I am so baptized in the Holy Spirit that I naturally spill over to those around me. My words impart grace to those who hear me. 
Angels get really excited when I show up because they get put to work. I have the mind of Christ and I use it. When I speak to non-believers, they are overcome with a sudden urge to get saved. It is impossible for me to pray and have nothing happen. I release the supernatural naturally and effortlessly. I think and speak prophetically. My touch releases the healing grace of Jesus. Amen. And can I just say, if any of those things that you said, you were like, oh, and you struggled with it, then maybe you need to say it over and over and over and over until you actually believe it. And so what we're going to do is, um, what, I have a question here, and I just felt like, based on what Holy Spirit said, that actually, to give all of you an opportunity to respond with a visible action and commit to Jesus and choose to believe Father's truth and not what the past has told them. So I felt like Holy Spirit tell me that what we're to do is to have a royal aligning power tunnel, not a fire tunnel, but actually that, that, that what's going to happen here today is that actually we're going to be commissioned afresh into our royalty and our identity as sons of God. And that actually we're, as we give God something to work with, which is our yes, actually that we're going to be, there's, there's going to be a line in the sand moment. Actually, this is not about just us individually, but as a church family, that we're not going to be prepared to partner with lies or the enemy any longer, but we're only going to believe what he says. And we will participate and let his revelation come but we will also join in and take back our minds for Christ and not let the enemy have a, have have any nonsense in there so this is the question and you're free to respond however you will or want would like and this is the question so and you can I invite you to say yes out loud if you want to respond so do you commit to yield to Jesus and choose to believe father's truth not what the past has told you